great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Hello, everyone. We are here to talk about what's been going on in this wide, wide world of events. My name is Alyssa. Most of you guys know me by now, but I will be your sole host for today's Great Events podcast. Today, I am joined by quite a number of new faces on our episode for today. Three awesome sea venters who I actually have not done a lot of work with. In fact, no work with in the past. Cvent, as you can imagine, is quite a big organization. And so we've got new faces coming into the fold at all times. But I'm excited to introduce our three guest panelists, if you want to call them today. I was going to say podcasters, fellow podcasters. I'm joined by Charlie Friend. He's an analyst on our sales operations team under our event cloud division. We've also got Mackenzie Reagan here. She's a team lead on our sales operations division. She's more exclusively aligned to our enterprise division. And then lastly, we have Kevin McNeil. He is also a team lead on our sales operations team, but he serves our hospitality cloud. Now, what's interesting about these three, before I have them talk a little bit more about themselves, is that they just went to a major, major, major industry event last week. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with, oh, I don't know, Dreamforce. And because of their role at Cvent and their affiliation with our sales function, they got to attend Dreamforce as attendees. So really soaking in all of the content, all of the programming. I know that Paulina and Rachel, had they been able to join We'd be talking a lot about how this event is really the pinnacle, it's the mothership, if you will, of all B2B events. So what we're going to do today is we're going to introduce everybody, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the experience that these three teammates of mine had at Dreamforce and how some of those learnings might be infused or reflected into your own event programs moving into the future because of the impact that Salesforce and Dreamforce just have on B2B event trends. So with that, I'm going to go clockwise around the screen here. Mackenzie, I'm going to start with you. So if you'd like to come off mute, if you're on mute, open up the dialogue with you, Mackenzie, and introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about your role at Cvent and also your experience at Dreamforce. Was this the first time? Have you gone many times? Let me know about that. I am Mackenzie. I have been at Cvent for seven years, specifically on the sales operations team for the last two years. I was in sales for my first five at Cvent. So this was actually my first conference I've attended where I was purely an attendee, not having to work a booth, not having to have appointments, which was itself a very cool experience. The fact that it was Dreamforce was unbelievable, to be totally honest. My role in a nutshell is doing uh, the behind the scenes work for our enterprise division sales team, whether that is um, implementing contracts, creating new processes to uh, make the team more efficient, a, a whole slew of things that I know Charlie and Kevin can attest to. We kind of have our, our hands in a lot of cuffs working with many divisions of the company. So for us to go with our lens from that perspective of we touch many different divisions of our organization, trying to make sure we are like the eyes and ears of our own cloud so that whatever's happening in different departments is working with what our team has going on. And we all three of us work in Salesforce and with our CRM team. I would say that's probably 60 to 70% of my job is working with enhancements with our CRM team and adjusting Salesforce to what it needs to be so we can progress and move forward and more sales. 
So first time, first time attendee at Dreamforce, very much a user lens. So of course, Dreamforce started as a user conference. It still is a user conference, but it's extended even beyond that, right? There's so much happening at that. It's really this moment for B2B, but sounds like Mackenzie, very much a user in that way too. So learning, I'm trying to put yourself in the attendee shoes and how there'd be synergies between what some of our listeners might do too. So go ahead, Charlie. I'm Charlie uh, and also the market sales team. I've been with CVET for about a year. And before CVET, I was also in sales, but at a different organization. And this was actually the, the first sort of big conference or event that I've ever been to. And so, yeah, it was really awesome that it got to be Dreamforce. And like Mackenzie said, a lot of my work as well, you know, maybe 70% and up focuses on uh, Salesforce and just sort of how we can improve our Salesforce instance so that our sales team can sell the best they can. So, yeah, it was uh Really cool experience. We'll get into all those details in just a bit. Okay, last up at bat, Kevin, let me know about yourself. My name is Kevin. Um, I, I work for the sales operations team specifically on the hospitality cloud. I've been in that role for about five to six years. I was actually part of Lanyon right out of college and was on the Lanyon renewals team for about a year and a half before the merger and then thankfully just fell into sales operations and I didn't really know what it was what I wanted, but I, I met some great people. I found a, a solid career path. So, and similar to McKinsey and Charlie, we all have very similar roles just for different divisions. I would say I focus at least like 80% of my time on Salesforce. So I was looking to soak up anything that we could to help improve what we're doing today. And we've got some other major projects that are ongoing that we were just looking to see what insight we could get to make those smoother and, and improve the process entirely for sales. And this was my first major event as well. I hadn't even really been to Connect yet. So never really the need in sales operations to go to Connect, but this was obviously a, a lot more down my alley. And uh, I think it was an incredible experience. Okay. That's a really good transition, Kevin. You mentioned soaking things up. And so as event planners and event professionals, I think that's their job is to make things soakable, like for you to be able to take all that goodness in. So was there anything unique in the experience or that you'd never seen before in an event? I know, Kevin, you had just said that, you know, this really is kind of one of the, the first events that you've attended in at least a really long time. But was there anything that just really was super inspiring or just was so unique about that experience that made learning just so much easier at Dreamforce? A couple of things stand out immediately. The one thing that we all talked about consistently was their commitment to their theme. So the trailblazer theme is, is everything that they do is based off of, you know, blazing your own trail. So their, their online community trailhead, the certifications that you can earn, the titles that you can get, they're all around that. And so even at the event, the way the, the Moscone Center works, there's three buildings with like a center point. And that whole center point was themed as a forest, like you're blazing a trail through a forest. Everything was around that theme. I think that was certainly an awesome idea. I think it worked perfectly. All of the prizes that they gave were theme related. Everything stuck to that, which in my opinion, just to kind of go back to your question, it inspired me to want to join their community, their trailhead community. I've done a little bit in that, not fully, but... I definitely plan to do more. They have lessons, they have certifications, they have everything that you can do just to better yourself for your job or even just personally. So that was really how I felt just overall. That's really interesting because we don't often talk about 
we kind of disconnect branding and creative elements from the event programming. And what's fascinating to me and what you're just talking about, Kevin, is how the, that branding and the creative elements and what we would put into kind of the fluffier side of the conference is what was kind of a conduit for that. It was what packaged it all up and made you feel like you were part of something bigger. And I know I've heard anecdotal stories about Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce, having like ripped down signage from one of the sides of Moscone Center, like 24 hours and having it completely reprinted because it was literally like one hint of the wrong color of their branding. So we know that they're pretty tyrannical about that stuff, but it's, and that might be to the extreme on the spectrum, right? But that commitment to that type of branding and the messaging and all of the packaging really does leave you with something. And it's interesting that you have a direct actionable takeaway from that, which was you want to do more within their community. What about you, Mackenzie? Anything that was really inspiring or just as you're reflecting on last week that you're just kind of, um, we're going with the theme of soaking things up so that you're just kind of soaking up this week as you come back from the event? Exactly to Kevin's point, the theme had you just so immersed the entire time. You wanted to see every single facet of the event because of how much detail was put into it. To Kevin's point, the theme of, I think it was Dreamforce National Park was like the official theme, which obviously fit in perfect with their already existing branding of Trailhead and things like that. So kind of the fact that all of that could come together was just like, it felt like branding dream. But alongside of that too, was their huge discussion point of sustainability and what they are doing to like as an organization and then also specifically for Dreamforce to help the environment. Uh, what was it? A fact that they repeatedly mentioned was they did not include beef, pork, or almonds at the conference, which saved 10 million gallons of water. So kind of doubling down on that and they didn't offer, there was some swag in some like divisional parts of the conference, but they didn't do like major swag for everybody like they've done in the past in a commitment to being more sustainable. And they said, instead of that, if you go to our, they had an entire section devoted to like what they're doing for the planet and how Salesforce is making a difference. You could go to that part of the conference and you could get a voucher for your travel basically to help offset some of those costs instead of swag. So it's their commitment to the theme while also practicing what they preach as well of they did many actionable things at the conference that brought it together of like, we are walking the walk as well of trying to save this planet too. That's definitely one that we'll want to keep an eye on because those types of decisions and their conference planning experience certainly have a ripple effect on just broader conference. And we have talked about sustainability and how much of an impact that meetings and events have on just carbon footprint at large. But the fact that Salesforce and Dreamforce in its conference manifestation are acting on that now will set the tone and the pace, certainly for the North American market. We know that the UK and Europe are a lot further ahead of North America, but it seems like there's a lot of effort being put towards sustainable initiatives right now. And if Salesforce is taking a stance, certainly there will be a domino effect. So that's a really interesting takeaway, Mackenzie. I want to talk a little bit about some of the programming, maybe some of the activations, the speakers we know. I don't remember who was their headline for their music this year. Is it the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes. So we know that they have massive budgets, right? Like they have crazy keynotes. Uh, we just did a digest a couple of weeks back on Inbound, who had former President Barack Obama. Were there any like really exciting speakers that you saw that you were like, oh yeah, this is like a good idea? Or maybe even themes or topics that were discussed amongst speakers, aside from sustainability, right? Because we know that that was probably a, a big trending topic. The opening keynote, in my opinion, was impressive. I think it was 
just two hours. Um, and it was a good mix of things. Like there was Lenny Kravitz played two songs, which not a B-lister, obviously, but that's another another person in there. They had Matthew McConaughey just sitting by the stage. Just a plant. Yeah, he was just hanging out. Um, and he obviously had a session, a, a speaking session later in the conference, but um, he was just hanging out there. And then they had like a, an, it was like a Hawaiian ritual dance. And then they had a song or the songs from Lenny. And then they had one really inspiring story from my perspective, just because of how realistic it, it, it is. There are a lot of, of stories that you think may be fabricated, but this is about a refugee that moved to the Netherlands and just learned Salesforce through their trailhead community and got a job and ended up buying a house. And if you actually know anything about about how Salesforce works, that is very realistic. You can you can learn everything in Salesforce. You can get certified, and Salesforce is huge. Everyone's buying it, so that job is is certainly it's almost like a trade at this point to have that as a skill. Uh, to just say you're Salesforce certified would get you in the door at a lot of places. Were they speaking on stage? Yeah, she did speak. And, and I know that this is like a big thing that Dreamforce emphasizes is this kind of customer first mentality. Um, I think that's a huge takeaway for a lot of our listeners is the more that you can get that kind of firsthand account from whether you're a technology company or not, right? We know that there's people beyond this, but your constituents, your delegates, those types of individuals, that kind of personal touch being reflected in your on your keynote stage has been a huge, I'd say, theme or industry trend that Salesforce has really prompted is really making your customers the highlight and the star of your event, which is essentially free, right? Like we can talk about Matthew McConaughey, we can talk about all of these big name people. But the fact, Kevin, that you are saying this was one of the major takeaways, it's like Matthew McConaughey and Lenny Kravitz, and then this amazing Salesforce certified individual who was a refugee. And th that was the free speaker, right? That, that Salesforce probably didn't have to invest other than flights and costs like that to get them there. That's a real actionable thing that I think a lot of organizations listening today can do is take adopt that customer first mentality. You don't need to have a massive budget to get Matthew McConaughey to speak at your conferences to have your audiences like you guys leaving with, with a, a real impression from your event. So that's huge to me. Even that you just noted that, Kevin, I think is, is a major, major takeaway for me. Charlie, I want to I want to incorporate you into the conversation. So what was your big moment, your big takeaway from the conference? What was kind of the most exciting thing to you? I think one thing they did a really good job of doing is they obviously had the sessions where you could get a lot of great information, but then they had a lot of either interactive sessions or stations set up where you could sort of apply a little bit of what you were learning and hearing about. So, you know, for example, one session that I really enjoyed was about Salesforce flows. And then later I was able to, you know, just go and work with a member of their team on the exhibition floor and just, you know, work on like setting those up and try a lot of different stuff. So they did a lot of great job presenting stuff and then giving you an opportunity to engage with it and sort of play with it as well. Was that program? So let's call it like the sandbox activity, like the part where you got to play with the things after the fact. Was that kind of time based or was that kind of evergreen content? It was always available to you as a as an action. Evergreen. They just had um, they, they had it. It was in the uh, Trailblazer Forest section, which, like Kevin said, was themed with all the, the paths and whatnot. And you could just go up to any station and they would just have a sign that said, you know, this is focused on flows. This is focused on, you know, reporting. And you could just go and talk with them and, you know, run through demos or practice some and build some of those skills yourself, which I thought was really cool. 
I love that. I love that idea because there's a big conversation that we have at C-Event now is this notion of, you know, continuing the event experience, but even within your event conversation or even within your event content, you have the capability to extend that beyond, let's say, your session times, right? It's not just a one and done. It's how do you have people turn some of this dialogue into action, even on site too. And it sounds like Salesforce does a really good job with that by activating their their exhibitor hall. Okay, so just in the interest of technology, right? Because Steven's a technology provider and we know that obviously Salesforce is as well. I'm really curious if there were any interesting ways that Dreamforce incorporated maybe digital experiences or perhaps their app had some unique features on it that were, were notable. Anybody want to take that? There wasn't a ton that we saw as, as physical attendees for the virtual. They mentioned the, the people listening, but I think there were a few cool things about their app that I think were really valuable. Charlie told this to us like midway through the second day, the sessions on the app, you had a note taking side. You could, so you could go into the session, take notes and then export that. And it looks like that turned into a, a really helpful document for Charlie. But then also one of the other things, and this leads into one of my other talking points back to the session. I don't want to detract too much, but it, it, it I think was uh, valuable. But for the time slots that you had, the sessions, there was obviously 40 minute gaps or 20 minute gaps, or it depends. There was just a way to click and see what sessions were there and filter down and you could, you could quickly see what else you could do with your open time. But one of the other things that I found really valuable about the, the setup itself was these theater formats where they had themed theaters. So there was a sales theater, an admin theater. I would be in between sessions and I would just stop by the admin theater and see what's playing there and listen to that and engage in that because I was interested or, or the sales theater, whatever it was. I just think that was a great way to incorporate some of that lost time or, or open time. And then if you have specific areas that you wanted to focus on, you could just hang out there and and see what sessions are coming up next. Kind of like home base for your programming, right? That's actually a good transition because I had a question related. It was what you were talking about, Charlie, kind of like finding what you needed to find in the content and you're sitting in on certain sessions. Did you guys find that you stayed pretty true to like one track or did you kind of bop around in different areas? Because there's so much content at this event, right? So I'm curious like how you guys navigated your personal experiences, other than obviously using technology as an assistant. Like how did you actually construct your agenda getting to that event? There were between 11 and 1200. So we actually, the three of us knew we wanted to just get as much in as possible. So we divided and conquered and each looked at the sessions for ourselves, filtering down by roles, keywords, departments, things like that did an initial list of like, okay, let's favorite everything that we are interested in. And then we regrouped and did a second round where we like specifically bookmarked and added to our agenda the ones that we wanted, where some of them were overlapping, because obviously we have similar roles, but a lot of the times we work closer with different departments than others. So we were able to split off for those as well. It, it did take some planning. We wanted to make sure we got the most of our time and 1100 sessions is overwhelming, but we were definitely more on like a sales admin track, a, a little bit of a hybrid of both, which took us like all over the conference as well, which was nice. That's cool. And so they had unique experiences for sales versus admin, but you guys kind of found yourselves as a blend and you weren't because some organizations are still very track focused and they make you pick a ticket and stick with it. But it seems like Dreamforce allows you to kind of do a little bit of an a la carte experience should you want to do that in part why it took so long to plan 
Did you find that you were, there were things that you missed out on that you would have wanted to see, or you were kind of double booked in a lot of spaces? I would say definitely. I don't want to say is it con, but it was just something that was a little bit difficult to navigate. There are three buildings and a lot of people that were navigating in between them. So what we would do is, is if most of McKinsey's sessions were in Moscone West and most of mine were in Moscone South, I would sacrifice some of the ones that I originally intended on planning and stay in that building. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, missing the start of meetings or anything like that. So, but there was definitely, I had four sessions blocked at, at the same time. So there was definitely some, some overlap there. And that's, uh, that's obviously a good problem to have. Is there any ability to get any of that content on demand after the fact so you could watch it if you wanted, or is that not available? I believe so. We got an email today about going back to on demand. It honestly wasn't wasn't super clear, but I think it would be would be very valuable to do that for any event. I, I would imagine they've done most of it. As McKinsey said, I think there were 1,200 sessions. And just from a quick skim of the email that we got today, I think it said there were 200 sessions on demand. So they probably recorded a lot. And of those 1,200, there were duplicates there, the same, the same meeting two or three times. So they probably recorded most of them. And, and one of the cool things at the end of every session, there was a QR code that you could scan and it would take you to the information that you needed to learn more about that functionality or, or that company or whatever it may be. So I know a lot of us took notes and I've, I've got 50 pictures on my phone, just taking taking pictures of slides and things like that to go back and find some more information on. So in the interest of time, because I don't want us to run too, too long on this, I'd like to do a round robin. Everyone's just kind of parting words, final takeaways, best part, most exciting thing. Can't wait to go back next year moment. So Mackenzie, I'll start with you. The sustainability aspect and like the real cohesiveness of the event, it really makes you feel so much more immersed to Kevin's point in the Salesforce community. It in sessions, they always highlight like who here's a trailblazer, who's an awesome admin. Like they highlight their customers so much. It makes you want to be more engaged and see what everybody else is learning. And definitely cool to see how Salesforce, what do we always say? Eats their own dog food and how we use all of their tools and how they put it into practice as well. So I'm really excited to go back next year. The releases that they had, a bunch of general releases on site, a lot coming later this year and into next year. I think that like the company is just overall moving in such a great direction, both like as a product and also just as contributing to the world and society of, of where we're going as uh, as people. So I just feel more connected to Salesforce and like committed to try to learn what they have to say. Yeah, that's amazing. They've made even more of an advocate out of you than, um, and I think that's the power of events, right? Is especially when you get to go and attend something in person, you just feel that connection. There's this moment of intensity that you just can't replicate in a virtual environment. Even though you're a daily user, you know, you're on it for hours and hours on end, you get this little spark plug and that's the power of the event experience that gave that to you. So I think that's pretty unique and not just something that Dreamforce facilitates, but certainly something that conference experiences across can do. All right, Charlie, what's your big takeaway? I think they did a really good job of having a balance of stuff that was available then, stuff that's going to be available in the near future, and presenting stuff that might not be available until next spring or fall. And it was a great balance of learning stuff, the cool stuff that's available now and just keeping you excited for the future so that you'll be, you know, you'll be more engaged and you'll keep following up and, you know, checking those forums to see what's coming out. And yeah, we'd be really excited to go next year as well. 
that notion of kind of teasing out things and keep, keeping you on the hook, right? Like they don't want you to drop off. And of course, like you're a major advocate, but this kind of like, okay, we've, we've got the breadcrumbs now that are leading you to come next year and to celebrate all the success. That's awesome. All right, Kevin, last one. It did leave me feeling connected to Salesforce, more of an advocate. I, I definitely will spend time after I catch up on work, spend time on, on Trailhead and learning. And that that's one of the, the major takeaways for me. I, I do think it's kind of hard to leave a conference with a lot of action items and a lot of actually clear things to use. And I feel differently about this. Maybe it's because the easier I make our sales force, the less painful my job is. So I think it was incredibly valuable. And I want to go every year just to see what's upcoming, see how we can make sales jobs easier and make our jobs easier as well. Did you find that conversations with other users helped propel that? Obviously, we talked a lot about the branding and just kind of the overall feel that the conference producers provide. But did you find just kind of the like literally rubbing elbows with people was was helping to facilitate that too? It was certainly interesting to see like some of the the, the problems that we have, other people are experiencing, and and even some of the major problems that I'm I'm deep in right now. Salesforce had those on their roadmap to fix, so. It was certainly comforting. Um, and then they had they had a type of session called Circle of Success where everyone that was attending would get in a circle and talk. Um, I personally didn't didn't attend one of those. Uh, I, I kind of wish I had, but I, I think Mac and Charlie did if they want to comment on, on how those went. It was very on the nose for Steven. It was called Decluttering Your Org, which we all know our Salesforce has a lot of data in it um, that is old and outdated. So it was 40 minutes facilitated of you at a table with six people. They would chat for five minutes of like, okay, how do we get here? How did this happen? How does all this clutter happen? What are the issues that you see? Okay, here are steps to fix it. These are different ways that you can, that you have today to identify this clutter. How do you use it? So every like five minutes, we would go into like a 10 minute round table session where you'd get anecdotes about um, what other people were experiencing exactly to Kevin's point, very similar to us and folks using, I know, Charlie, we took down, some people were telling us different tools that they were using about like deduping contacts and things like that. So we were taking notes on not only what the session speaker was saying, but also like what our colleagues were as well of like what they were doing personally in their organization. Sounds like it was very solutions focused, but crowdsource solutions and also Salesforce acknowledging that I don't want to say it's not perfect, but let me just take Salesforce brand and just slap even on top. But yeah, that no one's doing this perfectly or that everybody has problems. And so if everybody addresses these problems, it's a catharsis of some sort. And that makes you feel like you're not alone and arguably less frustrated in your day to day when you recognize that, okay, we're it, this isn't just my company's problem. A lot of people are dealing with. So we can get through this together or we can grunt through this together if that's what you have to do. But I appreciate you guys so much for joining. Mackenzie, Kevin, Charlie, thank you. Thank you so much for relaying all of these perspectives and these insights from Dreamforce. I know oftentimes when Dreamforce comes up in conversation, especially within a, a planning setting, the first reaction is those budgets are, are outrageous and we almost want to close our eyes and not hear about it. But I do think that based off of the dialogue that we had today, there's some takeaways that we can put into practice within our own programs moving forward, not just events, hosted events, but all of our listeners events. You know, there are certain things that Dreamforce does that are free and it's just mindset or a mentality and it's adopting that and infusing that into your own program. So I really appreciate you guys talking about your experience and allowing me to react. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Great Events, a podcast by Seaborn. 
If you want more resources on how to make your events great, go to community.cvent.com. That's community.cvent.com. Or if you've got a question for us or just want to say hi, email us at greatevents at cvent.com.